Welcome to the Rosenfeld Review Podcast, where we're just a bunch of blind men trying to figure out the elephant. I'm your host, Lou Rosenfeld, the UX guy behind Rosenfeld Media's books and conferences. And we have a bunch of guests today. Uh, in fact, it sort of is making my, my head explode. I think this by far blows through my record number of guests. I have four guests today. And uh, it, I'm a little emotional about this because one of them is my best friend. And, and uh, after 35 years of knowing each other, we're actually working on something. I'm going to get to this something in a moment, but his name is Sean Oslin. Hi, Sean. Hi, Lou. Sean is uh, someone who um, has spent a lot of time in health administration, but is now pivoting to data science. He's studying at CODUP in San Antonio. And the data science part is especially important. We're going to get to that in a moment. I'm also with Abby Covert, who many of you know is the author of How to Make Sense of Any Mess, fantastic book on IA, and uh, makes me a little angry as a, uh, an author of another book on IA, how much how wonderful it is, but all right, we'll give that to her. Uh, Abby is the senior staff uh, information architect at Etsy. Hello, Abby. Who? <laughs> I don't know how to interpret that sound. I'll, I'll just assume it's a good one. Uh, we have two more people. Uh, they're both uh, UX researchers at ZS Associates, Rocio Werner and Trisha Tommy. Hi. Hi. They're talking to us from uh, Evanston, Illinois, uh, and uh, Abby's in uh, Melbourne, Florida, Sean in Santa Fe, Texas. Uh, and I'm talking to you from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, we are part of a team that is working on uh, a substantial amount of research about researchers. And uh, let me give you the background here. Uh, if you know anything about people doing research, whether they're user experience researchers or have HCI backgrounds, or they're customer experience researchers, or uh, they are uh, people coming from data science. All these people interested in how, how users and customers uh, interact with products and services. There's more and more of them, and they come from many, many different backgrounds. And uh, all those tribal boundaries seem to be blurring, and uh, they seem to have won the, the battle of getting at least something of a seat at the table in large organizations. And um, there's many people doing research now who don't even know what those tribes are. They don't even know the job titles and yet they're researchers. They don't call themselves researchers, but that's what they're doing. So there's a lot of interesting things happening in the world of research. And um, I'm in the conference business, if you, you didn't know, Rosenfeld Media puts on two conferences, Enterprise Experience and the uh, Design Ops Summit. And we felt like there might be something here for researchers uh, as far as uh, a conference in the US. There's already some great researcher-oriented conferences that have emerged in Canada and uh, Holland and Australia. Uh, in the last couple of years and the UK as well. And we were wondering, maybe it's time for something like that in the US. And so um, I've been working with Abby Covert, who's on this call, and also Steve Portugal and Natalie Hansen as curators of what could be a new conference. But hey, it's a conference for researchers. Where do you begin? Research. And that's what we want to talk about is how we are doing our research. And uh, I'm just delighted that Abby uh, 
She's an IA person that makes her a gap filler. And she saw a gap in this project in terms of someone to step up as a principal investigator. And uh, uh, Abby, do you want to talk a little bit about what that has entailed? What, uh, what kind of, re I mean, I, I know about it, but uh, to people listening in, uh, how do we distill this down uh, in, in a way that makes sense so they can understand our process? So really uh, this, the way that this all started is that when Lou and Steve and Natalie and I started to discuss this conference, it became really clear that there was a lot of different directions that we could go from an audience standpoint. And depending on who the audience was gonna be, we would have very different interpretations of things like how big the conference might be, where the conference is located, what kind of content or what kind of speakers we might invite, um, what the social activities might even be structured like. So we knew going into it that there was a, a lot of different directions. Um, and obviously coming from a background in, in design research from all of our, our standpoint, we knew that design research would be a good tool set for us to use to get through those questions and to kind of better inform ourselves on making those decisions. So uh, we decided to start from a, kind of a, a bit of a qual slash quant perspective um, and do a survey to the community um, the reason being that in the past with the Design Ops Summit, we've had a lot of success in breaking down complex subject matters uh, from our audience's standpoint into curatable bits. So we've used surveying efforts every year for the Design Ops Summit to figure out what is kind of the pulse on the community. Um, what are the topics? What are the, the subjects? Who are the speakers? What are the companies that they're, they're looking to for guidance? And we thought that it'd be interesting to do something similar with the research community, but also to expand it out to a larger question of, how do researchers actually learn about or keep up with research and the trends, the methods, uh, the changing landscape? Um, so we designed the survey to not only figure out kind of what topics they might want from a conference, but also to think about like, how do they actually approach conferences as a learning activity and how do conferences fit into the other learning activities that they might actually be interested in or keeping up with? Um, and we really were interested mostly in um, figuring out were there discernible personas that we could start to design this conference for. So one of the things that's uh, really amazing to me, Abby, is we did this survey and we piloted it. It had something like uh, 15 open-ended questions or 12 open-ended questions. And um, we, the pilot said it was something like 15 minutes on average to complete. And by, our, by my count, 721 people completed it, which is like 180 hours of time or something insane like that. Insane. It was over, uh, by the way, if you're interested, July 2nd through 15th of 2019 was the window. And um, uh, that's something like 10,000 um, open-ended responses to review. And I, I, I just suddenly melted down when I did that math. And uh, I'll just have you all know that Abby was like, oh, no problem. Give me a weekend. Let me add it. <laughs> I'm so, yeah. I'm gobsmacked. But somehow, um, you guys did that. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, when uh, based on our past experience of sending out surveys um, to communities, basically trying to figure out what to make a conference about, we were expecting a much lower number of respondents. I think somewhere in the realm of like less than 200 was what we had gotten in prior years for design ops. So. That was initially what we had anticipated. And we could have made some really interesting findings off of 200 responses, and that would have been a totally different uh, a different approach. And that probably could be something that I would do on my own and, and report back to the team. But when we saw the sheer number of responses that did come through, um, Lou did have a meltdown. That is a well-documented meltdown via email. 
Um, so that was great. Um, but we came back from the meltdown with an approach that was basically, how can we build a team that can actually not only get through this data, but also can expand our team um, and the perspectives that we're looking at this data through and also give some folks in the community an opportunity to do some work that isn't necessarily part of their everyday. Um, so we were really lucky that Natalie was able to make some fantastic connections at her own company. Um, she was able to connect us with uh, Johan, who served as um, our segmentation analysis person, um, and then Rocio, Trish, and Neil as our, uh, our researchers on the qualitative side. And then Lou had this great connection with Sean, who just happened to be uh, you know, getting into data science and really wanting to flex his muscles in Tableau. Um, so that became something that we had uh, an advantage on as well. So, so yeah, pretty quickly after we saw the volume, um, we created a proposal for how we were going to get through it. Um, and that kind of took us to, to where we are now. So, um, Sean, you um, were very nice to, to jump in and, and, uh, this seems to align very well with some of the, the, the work you're doing at CodeUp right now. Um, you uh, introduced me to Tableau in this process uh, as a storytelling tool for, for data nerds like yourself. Uh, right. How is that, like, what, you know, we're, we're actually putting the data out there on Tableau for people to access. What's that going to be like for someone getting at it? And what did you have to do to get the, da the data massaged into uh, Tableau? Well, there was a certain amount of data cleanup that had to go on, um, particularly with non-respondents and then converting some of the data. So it could be machine readable. Um, I won't bore you with all that, but anyway, uh, Abby and I had some back and forth on that. It was really constructive. And, um, but then it was, it's really trying to look at it from the user perspective. And I'll tell you that was very intimidating for me because I'm not a UX person and suddenly I'm having to answer to UX people and I'm like, oh crap, <laughs> it's like, it's better be good. So um, it was really around trying to come up with something that was simple, clean, uh, could be as interactive as possible and could let people go in and do some of the exploration on their own, but at the same time be able to go in and tell a cohesive story with the data at the same time. Now the data will be, we're gonna use it in different ways. One will be, that it will be the self-service analytics, sort of go in and do your, your you know, choose your own data exploration, which will be posted at your Tableau, Rosenfeld Media's Tableau public account. Then there will also be a, uh, an, probably another one or two or three more versions that just show uh, different things in more of a, a still format um, where you can actually see where interesting points in the data and then some commentary to go along with it. I think it's important uh, to make a, a point here that um, yes, I mean, this is something that, you know, Rosenfeld Media and our curation team of Abby and, and Steve Portugal and Natalie Hansen are really gonna learn from uh, as we put together a new conference on research. That said, there is a lot of information in here that the audience or really the communities generously contributed. Like I said, something like 180 hours of, of effort just to complete the survey. Um, and we want people uh, to use this information. It's really important that if you are doing your own conference on research, we want you to know about it because we want you to do good by researchers that you're working with or, or attending your events. If you're uh, doing anything uh, to help educate researchers of any stripe, 
again, we think this information could be of value to you and we encourage you to access it. And the work that Sean's done in, in making it available through Tableau is really gonna go a long way there. Um, as far as the, the uh, personas, Abby, do you wanna talk a little bit about the journey from uh, the, the raw data to segments to, to those? Yeah, sure. So um, when we had all of those 700 plus respondents, one thing that we started to, um, to think about was how are we going to get to a meaningful uh, smaller data set that would represent folks that would actually be appropriate to market a conference to? So uh, Johan, who was our, our statistical person on this project, um, went forth to look for what are kind of the pivot points that the data um, groups like-minded people together by, and then how likely are those people to actually attend conferences or how much experience do they have attending conferences in the past? So through looking um, at all of the data through that lens, what he ended up determining was that we did have a smaller set of folks um, that did tend to focus into a set of um, predictable job titles um, and organization sizes that we could look at as the people that we would be marketing this conference to. And he provided those to us as a set of segments. So the segments were something like, um, you know, very experienced researchers and designers working in small organizations is an example of one of the, the segments. So what we did with all of those segments was we then assigned out our three qualitative researchers to do a deep dive on the data that was submitted by people that fell into that segment. And we started to look at what those folks were responding to the other more qualitative questions as, um, as inputs for writing up personas. So each researcher was given a set of segments and then their job was to analyze the data and figure out are these emerging as one persona, two personas, three personas, um, and then present that work back um, to the group. We then put together a persona template so they would all be kind of uh, aligning in the same data points and pulling out the same types of information across all the different personas. Um, and then we had them uh, create findings for each of those personas as well, just to kind of create a little bit more color. Um, and those became the folks that we um, are designing the conference for. Um, so rather than the full set of respondents, many of which told us they would never attend a conference, <laughs> that they were responding to every other question um, in you know, the way that they preferred, but that on when we asked, are you attending conferences? They're like, absolutely not. Uh, we kind of needed to have that moment where we're like, okay, we're not designing for these people. Um, so these personas really bring out all of those data points in, I think, a really useful way. I'm going to take a moment to let you know about what's keeping me busy at the moment. Rosenfeld Media is putting on a third edition of the Design Ops Summit in New York City this October 23rd to 25th. You, like many of our listeners, are probably dealing with the challenge of moving your organization from design thinking to design doing. And for that reason, you're probably already excited by the emergence of design and research operations and their potential. Here in 2019, we're seeing design ops and research ops maturing, moving from definition and scoping to more formal, rigorous practices. And that's the story of this year's conference. The program focuses on tools, techniques, and takeaways that you can bring back to the office. So I think you'll want to join us in New York this October. Please check out our program, and if you like what you see, buy your ticket at designopssummit.com. So, uh, Rocio and, and Tricia, you basically jumped in uh, and did like, you know, some very heavy duty analysis 
uh, around a couple of those personas. Do you want to talk a little bit about some of the guts of that analysis and, and maybe even a highlight from what you learned? Sure. So the first step was really getting to know those questions that the stakeholders and our fearless TI wanted answered, right? Um, so the main question was, okay, are there more personas arising from this initial segmentation or are there fewer personas? So then the next point was to see, okay, what are those characteristics that are contributing to either desegmenting these personas or segmenting them further, right? So we looked at the qual data and a little bit of the quant as well to supplement in terms of what their background was, you know, what the educational background, the types of organizations, whether they were large or small. So talking about my persona, for instance, um, the lower experience researchers, um, you know, they were across the board, large and smaller organizations. And then I had two segments that were medium experience, one being in larger organizations, the other one being in uh, not large organizations. Um, but in that process of looking at the quantum call data, I realized there was a lot of overlap in the medium experience persona. So that led to the process of combining those. And I'll stop there, Patricia. Thanks. Um, so yeah, similar, similar thing when Abby gave us all this information, we had to figure out, okay, what questions are being asked, really looking, diving deep into this data. Um, for my segment, I had experienced researchers who were, uh, or sorry, researchers and designers who were experienced in conducting research, but they were in either small organizations or large organizations. Um, it was interesting to see the overlap with this and, you know, also not giving too much away, just different findings that we found from Rocio's personas and then Neil, who's not here, but his personas as well. Any, well, any big surprises at this point? I know it's very early on in the analysis, but anything that really is, is standing out for you, making your head scratch, making you scratch your head or, or you know, any kind of thing that uh, is a validation, but interesting nonetheless. Yeah, for my data set, um, it was interesting because the, the company size, you know, large versus small organizations really didn't actually seem to play a part. It was more the individual, their role at the organization. So I thought that was interesting. I was going through it all. I, I would say for uh, my persona segments narrowed to from three to two. Um, I was surprised that the speaker names uh, weren't as prominent as say the diversity of speakers, more characteristics rather than the people themselves that would be speaking at these conferences. Yeah, I think that's really interesting and it actually kind of aligns with what we've learned uh, more anecdotally uh, for the other conferences that we do that uh, we've had this definite trend away from big names to um, people you may not have heard of but have great stories to tell so that that's good to have some data, at least in this context, that validates that uh, that belief that we're you know moving past uh, 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 the celebrity uh, conference program era of our industry. What about you, Sean? Well, I think that oh, just a very simple thing is I know that 
you're you work in the UX industry, but not it wasn't the exclusive target for this. But more than half of the responses came from people that actually have UX in their job title. But there are other other areas too that were covered. You know, like uh, uh, research and design manager, uh, even executives and academics as well. But really, UX uh, either researcher or designer really uh, dominated the people who responded to the survey. Yeah, and as the the, the project owner, I, I went in with the uh, belief. Uh, uh, founded or not, that uh, it would be really great to create some sort of event that appeals to all kinds of researchers, regardless of, of what silo they work in, what discipline they come from, what tribe they represent, and, and to kind of go to this more post-tribal uh, view of um, how we learn as organizations from research. And I'd hope we would um, uh, get that survey into the hands of people from outside our, our local networks of uh, UX people, but uh, that's a tough thing to do. Um, nonetheless, I think we're learning some other really interesting things. Yeah, I think actually one of the more interesting points that I learned in looking across all the personas was the interest that the UX community has in um, having more exposure to multidisciplinary research. So that was definitely very clear from our respondents across all persona types that even though they were all for the most part based in the UX industry, that they were very interested in in understanding what we aren't talking about in the UX industry. So I think like it, if I can reflect on some of the um, the conversations that Lou and Natalie and, and Steve and myself have had about that is that we know that for the beginning of this conference, our target is likely going to be very UX focused in terms of attendee. But we also are hearing loud and clear that we need people on that stage that are not from the UX industry. Um, and that's something that I think is a, is a really tangible learning coming out of this exercise. You know, if we had more time, maybe we could get into uh, the uh, a list of questions that we, we wish we would have asked. But uh, one of the things I wonder about, I, I know we are interested, we UX people are interested in learning from people from outside our little corner of the world. I wonder how much that is reciprocated and if we could learn that through some yeah. sort of research. Yeah, and I mean, I think your point about understanding our bubble is a really important one, too, um, because when you think about marketing an event, you know, you are going to be bound by who you have the access to market to. Um, and I, I would love to see us have the ability to expand that bubble and really explore as we move forward with this event, like how do we reach people outside of this community and, and what are their what are their senses of what the UX industry can teach them about research? And is, is it like a give and take or is it just a take? from from us to, to them. I, I, don't, I don't really know at this point. Yeah, I don't think any of us really do. And I, I think it's important to um, maybe throw it out there to the people listening. And, um, you know, if you know someone uh, that is doing some kind of research or investigation, but feels like they're somewhere else and they, you know, like they're not quite clear on why, um, the kind of research you do is meaningful to them. Uh, maybe use uh, a survey and, and even a, a podcast like this as a kind of common, common conversation piece. Uh, it's already happening organically that these divisions, these silos are breaking down. Um, I'm hopeful that this type of work and maybe even an event like this uh, will take that uh, process and, and make it happen a bit more quickly. Um, 
did have respondents outside of, of UX that are, are worth noting. I mean, we, we didn't have them in um, the size range that you would see as comparable to the UX audience, but you know, we had ethnographers write in, we had data scientists write in, we had market researchers write in, um, we had academic researchers write in. So we did get response from those folks. We just didn't get response out of volume that we could right. really make any prioritization about. We tried. And uh, it could very well be that uh, when we try doing something like this again in a year, uh, we, we do better and, and better and better. Uh, again, I'm going to ask people listening to help us out. Um, and actually, uh, if you are listening and it is uh, before September 19, 2019, uh, we are um, making a presentation which will be recorded and available uh, as a video uh, about our findings uh, on September 19th at 11 a.m. Eastern uh, at the Advancing Research Community, which Rosenfeld Media facilitates. And it's a, a free community. It has monthly video conferences with different speakers. And uh, it, has a new, it uh, eventually will have a newsletter. And eventually we'll have a corresponding conference, which is going to actually happen. We even have it scheduled. It's going to take place March 30th through April one in New York City. We think we're gonna call it advancing research, but until we get deeper into the analysis, which will happen and is happening right now, next few weeks, uh, we, um, we won't finalize the name. Uh, but uh, it's been a pleasure to work with uh, everyone on this call. That's Abby Covert, Sean Oslin, Rocio Werner, Trish Tommy and uh, Neil Mejia and Johan Sarmiento, also from the ZS uh, Associates Group. And of course, the other curators besides Abby, that's uh, Natalie Hansen and Steve Portugal. Uh, we, um, it's just been a pleasure to have this amazing qual-quant bunch of brains working together. And that's really, you know, that's kind of the model, right? That's what we all have to be doing in our organizations in the future is putting uh, all these uh, blind men together and we'll actually figure out the elephant together. So uh, thanks everyone for joining me today. Thanks, Lou. Thanks for listening to the Rosenfeld Review brought to you by Rosenfeld Media. If you like our show, please subscribe and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. I'd love it if you tell a friend to have a listen please check out our website for over 100 podcasts with other interesting people. You'll find them all at rosenfeldreview.com.